Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another Horrific Review. Tonight, I'm joined once again by Steve Knight, and we're going to chat about Untraceable, a 2008 psychological thriller directed by Gregory Hoblet. Uh, the premise of the story revolves around a serial killer who rigs contraptions to kill his victims based on a number of hits received by the website uh, killwithme.com. Uh, that features a live streaming of the victim. Millions of people log on, hastening the victim's death. Hi, Steve. How are you? Hello, mate. You all right? Um, not too bad, buddy. Um, you're the one that chose this one. What, what made you uh, decide this movie's one to talk about? Um, I, I think it's uh, like very underrated, and, and you don't get a lot of people who talk about this untraceable film. And yet, um, I mean, I picked up on it because of um, Gregory Hoblet. And uh, when I actually watched Untraceable, it, um, it was a, a cheap Blu-ray um, that I picked up just mm -hmm. because it was a horror uh, film, really. And it's then that I, no I noticed the director's name, Gregory Hoblet, and I thought, he did Fracture last year. Um, and Fracture was a good film. I wonder what this is about. Um, and from there, I thought, it, even though it had elements of saw. I thought how they brought it across to, um, you know, linked to internet and things like that was, was quite good. Um, you know, the, how they brought up, like, how many hits uh, increased the chances of the, the people actually dying quicker. Um, uh, and that's that's why I thought, well, it might be worth a discussion, that one. Yep. So, I... Um... I'll be honest when you when you showed me the title and I saw the you know the thumbnail of the you know the cover, I completely yeah. drew a blank. So I looked up the trailer, and the minute the trailer started playing, instantly I'm like, God, I remember this. Yeah. But for the life of me, I couldn't remember watching it. I remember yeah. the trailer coming out um, back in the day and uh, thinking, Oh, that looks cool. And then for some reason, um, I spaced it. <laughs> I didn't see the movie. Oh, the chat's getting busy already. We only started, yeah. but even Chris. Um, yeah, there's a cool premise, and we're gonna. Um, yeah, there's quite a bit to delve in, not just with the movie, but with the subject matter. Um, so you mentioned um, that yeah, it, it looks very similar to the Saw franchise, and Saw I think began 2004. So Saw yeah. two came out in 2005, and I don't think Saw three had come out at that point. Might have just so it was definitely right in. The middle of that franchise because the first three movies definitely um uh you know created the whole torture porn sort of yeah section uh i know the hostel came out before that but definitely the hostel and saw that was the beginning of a like a franchise its own and mm. mainstream audiences were gripped you know they like final destination when that came around every you know that's when you start getting the cinemas packed with people yeah um yeah. It's interesting how it drew uh, sort of inspiration, but it didn't rip it off. This could have easily just been another Saw-esque. Um, yeah, it could have just had the kills one after the other. But um, I think Untraceable had quite a story to it because um, it had all the little backstories about um, why um, the killer was actually killing. He wasn't just doing it for the sake of doing it. He had, you know, his father died. Uh, and, and then um, the whole connection between, connection between um, the people involved. Um, yeah. I, I I'll I'll never get over. I'll never be blasé. I think about animal deaths. Um, 
even though uh, it's all done off camera and stuff, but just um, like it starts off, he's flipping killing the kitten. You're like, you yeah. dick. I hope you die in the first scene. <laughs> but if, if you read up on things like uh, psychopaths and serial killers, oh, yeah, they start off on animals. A lot, a lot of them do start on animals. Um, and then they see the thrill of the chase and they gradually increase to to um you know human beings not all of them of course but you know um quite a few um they go to um you know human beings they think hmm i've killed this animal what about this um yeah, yeah and you actually see it getting set up here with he's testing out the equipment and he's doing it and he's seeing what the reaction is and even in the cat that he got was related to the the overall plot so it wasn't random which i found out later on that everything was connected which yeah for a movie like this is actually very cleverly done this could have been so cheesy yeah yeah and it, there weren't too many deaths you know um weren't total you know they could have they could have made the film sort of oh you know let's have a dozen deaths, like in um, you know the Friday the Thirteenth uh, mm-hmm. scene, where he just kills for the sake of it. Um, and what did they have? They had uh, three or four, didn't they? I think uh, there was four in total. There was um, four, yeah. there was yeah, the, four. There's four. Yeah, the, the FBI. Yeah, yeah. So, but, so it didn't go overboard really with, and it, like you said, it, it kept to the storyline, and they were all sort of apart from the FBI agent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and there was a practicality to it as well because, um, like we'll use the Saw franchise. Oh, there's a couple of other movies I want to talk about that are I put this in the same genre as, but just because it's traps and it's building methods of torture and death, that's why you instantly think of that franchise. But where those contraptions just got more and more ridiculous and unrealistic of how a that could be built, maintained tested and worked yeah and beyond discovered there was actually a practicality about what he used the the space that he used as well yeah. and how he dispatched <clears throat> of his uh victims which to me helps you you know helps you suspend disbelief and get into the movie a lot of them um, a lot of these type of movies um and i'll use one like the cell which i think this is very similar to got ridiculous mm-hmm. In yeah. the real world, I know there's a fantastical world to it, you know, in, inside the guy's mind, no sci fi, but the actual practicality of the traps he built and the way he did it was just, um, Germany had the girl in the tank, but yeah, who, who gets that type of glass, you know, that reinforced, um, almost aquarium glass just off the cuff and quietly sneaks it away? You don't order stuff like that, custom things, and not no, have a trail, no. Yeah, I, I, I suppose that, you know, um, I mean, it was America. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what, what, you can get anything in America, can't you? But, um, yeah, um, but, it's, but they did give the uh, excuse for getting the acid, didn't they? Because he was... Um, Which was um, brilliant, because I, I had a moment when I saw that, I'm like, oh, no, this is getting stupid now. Yeah. You yeah, don't just pick that stuff up at the store. No. And thankfully, they built it in, and then they were able to tie that plot thread as well because you couldn't just go into a university and nick it without having the background. 
or yeah. the knowledge and then they're able to tie the knowledge in which i thought was like i said there's there's so many hurdles here in a movie like this that could have just tripped it up and yeah. made you just grimace the whole way through it and not remember anything where this is a really tight drama yeah yeah very good and it wasn't the same uh, style of death for each person like you know you had the guy who had all the heat lamps on him and you know um you know, he got all the blisters and everything and then the next one was the you know different style you know you had the acid bath and then mm-hmm. you uh if you think of um when he was trying to kill the uh the female detective fbi agent right at the end he was he was trying to kill her with the old um there's a rotary device that the his, her mother used yeah. earlier on in the movie to uh, yeah. edge the edge into yeah yeah um yeah, um, I would like on this as well. Like I said, I mentioned the cell. It also mentioned Silence of the Lambs, where the majority of the movie isn't about the kill. It's about building up the suspense, the drama, without being... Because you know a lot of serial killer movies, hmm. it's bore, 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 reveal the killer for the last 10 minutes, big fight, end, and then you forget the whole movie, where this actually... There was a story to follow. There were characterizations. Um, you you weren't bored by the interplay in between. No. Which, to me, makes as a sign of a good writer because um, a lot of schlock gets put out there. I know you mentioned, and people probably kill us, but you mentioned Friday the 13th. It's not meant to be a drama. It's just meant to be a popcorn flick where you just go yeah. to the next kill, and that's a, or like a kung fu movie. There's no yeah. plot in between. Um, but when someone's trying to write an actual drama and incorporate horror elements into it, um, yeah. you have to be on your game or else it just falls apart. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it, it, it was a, I think the good thing about it is there was a, a good story to it. Um, and you weren't, ex- you didn't know right throughout the film who the next person, the, the next victim was going to be. Um, you could only guess, oh, you know, who is the next victim? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I mean, you weren't expecting the fr- first FBI agent um, to to be one of the victims, really, at some point. But no, and uh, he was a good character as well. So he actually, yeah. um, he wasn't cannon fodder. No, no. he was uh, um, a bit of a cheekiness to him. He had an arc. Um, he had fallibilities. And it was all brought out, but he was a good team member. He wasn't antagonistic. He was, you know, just who he was. Um, and then you had an emotional uh, reaction when he was dispatched. And it yeah. wasn't just because um, he was actually a good agent. So even right to the end, he was fighting and trying to uh, solve the case. And he was proved he was a good investigator. Um, well, the danger is, especially with slasher movies, that, oh, we don't want the audience getting upset when somebody gets killed, so we we'll make this character as nasty as possible so you don't like them. Um, latest example I would use would be Megan. I don't know if you've seen that. Yes, yes, I've seen that. Right. Yeah. So every character that got killed, even the dog, had to be unlikable. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, well, where's where's the emotion? Where's the horror of what she's doing? Yeah. Where's the, you know, until she goes for the little girl at the end, there's no reason 
not decide with her. No. And to me, that's not a good that's not good horror for a start. Because I think if you're invested in the characters, then mm. it makes their death more impactful when it happens. Because yeah. if you think of something else, um, when the little girl finds on the television that their house is on the, um, you know, on the film, mm-hmm. and she goes outside, your initial thought is, "Oh my God, he's going to kill the little girl." But yeah, because they set it up. They're, they're showing them looking at the pictures. Yeah, they were they're setting all that up. But turns it around, and he doesn't kill the little girl. And then he says later on, uh, on his um, chat thing, "Do you really think I would have killed that little girl?" Um, you know, so um, the sort of I think that's we got the hint there was some sort of moral crusade as well. I know we, um, what was it that we were talking about? Um, yeah, there was another channel talking about uh, last night in Soho briefly, and they're saying about the message being put out there with a the serial killer, but. The point of a serial killer is they will say and do anything to justify what they do. It's because they want to kill and they will be as convincing as possible because they're convincing themselves to do it. So there's no moral message. It's just a serial killer is a serial killer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Just yeah. um. Uh, but uh, no, the, the, it's one of the reasons I like the film because, you know, the, it didn't go over the top. Um, yes, he was a killer. I wouldn't actually call him a serial killer. Um, no, he had, a, he had a target list. Um, yeah, I suppose the question would have been, would he have stopped? Yeah, if he if the FBI wasn't after him. Yeah, mm-hmm. if he had achieved his last um, kill. Yeah. Um, if you think of the movie, because it's, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, Law Abiding Citizen. Yeah. With Jared Butler. Yeah. Would he have stopped if he had got the final group of people? That's that's the eternal question. When somebody you know is on a you know rampage or killing spree yeah. and said that's the path they're going to take, yeah. Sometimes um, you don't know, and that's what I'm saying about a serial killer. Well, justify by any means, and they're really convincing. Mm. But then, at what point do you get? Because we didn't find out in this, because he never got to the end. But then. Why did he turn the FBI? Yeah. If he yeah. got everybody involved, um, obviously spoilers later on for what the reveal is, but uh, uh, we'll we'll warm this up a bit first. <laughs> but yeah. if he had got everybody he was meant to, mm. could he have stopped? Did he really need to go for the FBI? I suppose they were after him. Yeah, but uh, he knew, he had even said himself that he was expecting to get, no, not to get away with it. Yeah. He was expecting the end, so you just kind of wonder. Because what... uh, um, when um, the, um, what was he called? He, he played by Tom Hanks' son, as I said, Colin Hanks. Oh, um, right, yes, the, the first the analyst. agent, and yep. Uh, yep. he actually said uh, in Morse code, didn't he, with his eyes? Yep, um, it was our kit, our suicide, our suicide. Yeah, because it, it was all. Um... They all knew who who the killer was. Um, I mean, we saw the killer very early in the film, and that's uh, not normal. No, it's not. No, you, you know, you, usually it's just a, a shadow in the background sort of thing. Um, but uh, this one, you, you knew who it was, and the actual premise to the story was you had to find out why he was like he was. 
Mm -hmm. uh, and that's where the story picked up. It was all to do, and he didn't immediately find out that it was all to do with his father's uh, death. Um, until no, that all gets revealed, but it was actually showing police work. It was showing, yeah. um, you know, a methodical approach. And yeah. not just, you know, way sometimes um, detective series, uh, you've got your super sleuth who just figures yeah. it out or falls in all the clues. Yeah. And you don't get anything. Um, there was a wee bit of this at the start. And I suppose the time when you're talking about the internet and like it was just the emergence when um, Facebook had only started a couple of years previous. Yeah. So it was in its infancy. Um, Bebo was still around, and I think MySpace was still going. So this was, um, like, we're well into the internet age and the beginning of the social media age. So it was an interesting time for people. But the way they were, they could have really hammed it up because they were they were doing the start, a bit of an investigation into something else, where the killwithme.com was dropped on them. And it could have, like, today it looks really aged you know oh yes we'll just get this and get that and then we know even now the processing power isn't there to do what they're doing on screen because uh, back then you you never had sort of super fast um broadband did you uh, God, no flipping wi-fi was not that really long, right? just, was... just got out of um dial-up really <laughs> you know year 2000 wasn't it yeah, yeah um and also laptops um they were horrendous back in the day yeah. Yeah, Back then, I had one. It cost me eight hundred quid for a laptop. I remember because yeah. I had them. You know, I've I've been in technology a long time. I had a laptop. It was like eight hundred quid for the laptop. And flip sake, you were charging it every every time you use it. You're having to charge it up again. Yeah, <laughs> barely ran anything. Um, you don't have like the the gaming laptops that you do now. <laughs> Or everything had to be, you know, I mean, you need the PC if you want an eyes or processing bar. And there's some of their laptops just going, bloop, 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 bloop. yeah, yeah, I, I remember that. God, was it? And the batteries used to flip out the back as well, didn't they? Yep, whereas you get the slimline laptops now, they were about that thick, <laughs> and the batteries built in because, um, yeah, yeah there were, it was still like the old mobile phones, you know, you had the you know, the battery was changeable because you charged yeah. up the battery separately and they were still moving from that technology. Um, yeah, any youngsters watching, you know, probably not know what we're talking about <laughs> back in the dark ages. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, just different times. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, this film, it wasn't a big success. Um, only worldwide, only uh, netted a profit of about twelve million. Flip us nothing. Um, so uh, yeah, I think the, from what I can recall, um, it was uh, it, budget was thirty five million, I think it was, and it made uh, just nearly forty eight million um, in the uh, in the box office. So uh, worldwide, so it wasn't a. But then, um, it's like I said to you, you know, I'd never heard of it. Um, you know, was the, the distribution and the publicity? Um, and, of course, you get some cinema chains. They say, oh, yes, we'll show that film, but we won't show that film. Um, if you take... Don't forget as well, this is back in the time. Not everything had to be a blockbuster. 
Yeah. You had yeah. your blockbuster movies, but you also had your middle movies. Yeah. Yeah. And your low budget ones. So um, there was a mix at the cinematic ones. Now everything has to be a billion dollars or it's broke. And yeah. to me, that's killed the movie industry. Yeah, it's all about money. Yeah, but it's always about money, but it's about percentages because of um, everything has to be super blockbuster, has to be make a billion dollars worldwide, blah, blah, blah. And there's no metal movies anymore. Everything's geared to the top. Um, everything's all the one genre now. You know, yeah. Flipping superhero movies. Um, they're, I think they're coming to an end. Yeah. But yeah, there's no average movie. There's no adult. Uh, I think Cameron and I were talking about this um, a week or two ago that there's no adult time to go to the movies. Everything's all towards kids and family. Yeah. But it used to be after tea time, you know, you'd go and see a horror movie, you'd go and see a grown-up movie. Mm. But there's none of that anymore. There's no nuance anymore. No. I think what's killed it for me is the use of cgi when you've come from films in the 70s and 80s where computer graphic stuff just wasn't around if you take the original star wars where you know the special effects was a table tennis table with a model on when they were flying yeah. over the death star and um, you know and untraceable there wasn't any cgi in it it was you know the mechanic no, in fact that's um Thirty-five million, big budget for a horror movie. Um, did the budget sh uh, show up production value-wise? Um, this was, yeah, this was visually, it's still visually appealing. Um, yeah. and there's some effects like these are not like just people getting stabbed or anything. These are complex deaths and way to die. Yeah, and it could have done be done really cheesily. That's why I sort of emphasize the point. Yeah, but even looking at it now, you're going, whoa, that's rough. Yeah, yeah. Because um, there was one of the, um, I think it was Along, Along Came a Spider. It was with, um, oh, but they had a death in it um, of a, a, a car uh, going over the side of the bridge. And mm -hmm. you could tell it was CGI'd. And you thought, why was it CGI'd? Because they could have easily had a car hanging over the side of the bridge and um you know like a lot of the films uh, they can show someone hanging on i think that was about 2007 um but films these days are now full of cgi and you can actually tell yeah the suspension of disbelief is completely gone you know yeah. what it is the curtain's been lifted up you're like you may as well watch a cartoon at this point yeah yeah um because um you think of Superman, the original Superman with um, Christopher, Christopher Reeve. Reeve. When he was f coming down from flying, he was on a, a wire, mm -hmm. and they were using like a seesaw effect where he was he was landing on it, and it was coming down like that. Because uh, I saw the making of it, so he mm -hmm. landed on the seesaw, and there'd be a weight on the other end, and it, it was like that. Well, Superman these days is is you know an actor replaced by CGI back to the actor over the CGI and um, yeah it just doesn't but then that's why like I said uh, cinema's kind of almost dead you know it's only been a horror franchise kept it going over the last couple of years and yeah um, it shows why because 
nobody's enjoying themselves. No. And then the, actually, and also because of the flipping messaging and the nastiness in movies now, we hate yeah. the audience. It's like catch a grip. Which um actually a point I want to bring up the the main character in this, Jennifer Marsh. Um, here we have a, a protagonist who's well-rounded, capable. She's a mother, professional. Um, how was she allowed to exist without the woke people of Hollywood to show her the way, or, or without Jennifer Lawrence doing it first? How was she allowed to like be in this movie? Yeah. How did the patriarchy allow this to happen? You know. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, it's it's um quite a surprise that she was the main character, wasn't it? It's, wasn't really um, a surprise, um, because, but but nine out of ten times it, it's a man. But that's you know? the myth, you know. I mean, that's what's being pumped is. If we go back over movie history, it's yeah. not the case. Um, this is just another example. Because that's what I'm trying to say. From flipping twenty sixteen onwards, we've been fed this absolute shite that yeah. uh, there's been no strong women in movies. There's been no strong female characters. Blah 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 blah, um, and if you go through the archives, you got absolutely tons. Never mind the main blockbuster ones, but middle movies, low budget movies, all across the spectrum, you've got a varied range of characters. Because there's always a, a way to try and drag audiences in. You know, I mean, storytelling's always been about the hook. Oh, here's a here's a nuanced idea we haven't tried yet. That'll bring them in. Um, if somebody tried to play her, if one of the wooden planks. In Hollywood, tried to play Jennifer Mars today. She'd be an absolute. She'd be a hopeless character. Yeah, because they would have her snarky and oh, perfect, no flaws or fallibilities, and she'd be back flipping and spinning and doing all sorts of silly shite. But here we have an actual real character. You could. She's not a supermodel walking in. No, she's a a normal worker. You actually believe it that she's. Um, yeah. And it picks up on her family life quite well. Yep. Because her uh, mum is like the babysitter while she's at work. Um, so it doesn't leave it open like a lot of films where they think, where did they put the kid? Or well, <laughs> the kid goes back in the glass yeah. and he gets brought out, you know, in the, out of the cupboard and comes out again when it's needed for a scene. But um, um, yeah, it actually brings it in that, you know, the mother looks after her while she's at work. And, um, and she's got her shift. Yeah, tailored to allow her for for that. Yeah. Um, and there, but of course that I was never that was never allowed. People didn't have, you know, any concessions for a working mother until 2016 when this stupid mob came and trying to rewrite history and tell us all what it is. You're like, yeah. arseholes. This has been going on for decades. This has been the world. That's why I get angry at it because I'm like, all through the 90s. Early two thousands. This was not a, you know, what I mean, there was give and take. Yeah, and all you have to do is be good at your job. And she's actually demonstrates that she's competent, capable, and actually well liked. You wouldn't yeah. get a character like that now. You would get a, you know, a Hollywood girl boss who's completely insufferable. Um, yeah. just another, thing, another thing about her mm. in the film, she actually portrayed it that she wasn't really frightened. And what she was doing, um, you know, she was an FBI agent and she she was sort of taking the problem head on. Like at the end when she she thinks I'm going to be killed here, I know 
how am I going to get out of this? I'm not Stop fighting. it. I'm going for it. What, what's the worst going to happen? I can either die meekly or I can use yeah. my training and my brains and the things that made me an agent in the first place. If you remember Silence of the Lambs, Jodie Foster actually um, looked as though she was really, really frightened when she went around with her gun at the end. Yeah, and you're like... I thought you're supposed to be an FBI agent, and you know why? Why is that happening? I mean, yeah, that was I, a touch of overacting. That um, no, that's what I'm saying. That, such a well-rounded character. That's why I'm making a wee bit of fun of yeah. modern day Hollywood because they forget that hundreds of these movies have been made before, yeah. even from the 1920s. Um, we could pull out, and my memory's awful, so but I have to. You know, I could go through. I like the Clark Gable times and all that, and fucking we could put out loads of movies where we have well-rounded character because that's what it is. It's a character. Yeah, yeah. Whatever immutable characteristics are on that character are nothing. Yeah. As long as you have a good character, and that's what we've been trying to say. These morons who are trying to make us all fall out with each other and fight. It's like no arsehole. Give me a good character. Give me a good story arc, and the rest just falls into place. And if it's character being a woman just happens to fit it, it works perfectly because you see her you know um the protectiveness and the fact that he brought it home had a bit more impact because she's a family uh, if it had been a male character still the fact that they showed them in a loving family there was no difference no because it was a well-written character um i just want to make that point with this movie it's so refreshing that no. just see that but I think it might bring out the fact that you know um, Gregory Hoblet must must be a um, you know quite a good director as well because some directors say this is how you will play the character mm-hmm. and the producers they say this is whereas uh, was it so much that the uh, actor is allowed to say this is how I think the character should be portrayed um, and um, it all depends what you think makes a, a good film. Um, where you know, I've heard of um, you know, actors having a, an input into how they think the the character should be portrayed and putting their own sort of bit on it. Um, whereas some films that have had the director saying, I want you to do this, I want you to do that, you know, there's no ad libbing whatsoever. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and the film has really gone under. Um, I think it depends on the obviously the actor and the director. You know, once again, it's down to meritocracy, talent. Yeah. Um, if you've got talent there and the genuine desire to make good art, then it'll work. Yeah. If it's just ego, it won't. And I think the problem today is we're seeing too much ego. Yeah. Um. Also, a lot of actors now don't have to actually work. There's performance in this. There's actually characters. Um, I'd be interested to see the actors in another role um, just to see how different it is. Uh, you know, it's when the character, you know, the actor disappears into the role and you see yeah. the character and you're not thinking about the actor where the worst ones are when it's a Samuel L. Jackson movie, for example, and all you see is Samuel L. Jackson because that's yeah. all he can do. Um, we were talking just before we went live there about Denzel Washington another because we're talking about underrated films and underrated actors etc um yeah there's there's a an actor that doesn't get anywhere near his dues 
and he melds into roles. Um, Gary Oldman's another example. He just morphs into the role, and you don't see the actor anymore. No. And I no. think actually with this cast, apart from the actual um, the villain, who I've seen him in other things, and he's a wooden plank. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, everyone else has given a, a solid performance. Yeah. Yeah, and and like they're not top actors, are they? They're you know they're oh, not. No, they're, not actors. Actors. they're not like um, swar, you know, in all soirees and stuff. They're no. they're solid actors though. Um, yeah. Um, but they're not the sort of actors who you would say, oh yeah, so and so's in that. You know, oh Billy Burke's in that. Um, yeah. If if you didn't know the name, which you know. I did because, like I said, I watched Fracture and I mm -hmm. thought, oh, yeah, he was in that. Oh, he's in that one. Um, but they're not the sort of thing you could go out and say, um, oh, what well, is a good film on Traceable. Billy Burke's in it. They'd probably look at you and say, who's Billy Burke? Yeah. But you know, he's been in. Jennifer Marsh. Yeah. Who's Jennifer Marsh? Um, whereas if you add someone like, I don't know, um, Tom Hanks, let's just pick Tom Hanks. Yeah. Um, you know, Tom Hanks is in it. Oh, it must be, you know, good film. And nine, nine times out of ten, it's not. It's just the name. Yeah. Um, don't forget, Anthony Hopkins was in a Transformers mm. movie. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to tell me that's that's a stunning piece of art because <laughs> Sir Anthony Hopkins is in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, the name brand doesn't always mean that you're going to get quality. Um, no. Give me a hundred of these type of movies where you've got solid performances and people just being diligent about doing their job. Yeah. And I'm happy. I don't need the shiny lights, especially now that it's all just drivel. Um, this movie as well, it's, there's like a sub-message to this, and uh, it kind of shows the emerging fear of the internet and social media, and there were some conversations, I think, about the net neutrality bill, and that was over in America. Um, but all these, oh, should we regulate the internet because blah, blah, blah. Um, how much of that's now come to pass? Many of these predictions has a human. Uh, I know have changed socially, but has the human changed, or are we still just people just expressing ourselves in a new, new and different way? Hmm, that's a good point, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think like there's always been arseholes. There's always been psychopaths. Yeah. Um, there's always been the cry bully, but um, I think the with the increase in technology, um, you know, um, there's still the psychopaths and there's still this, but they're leading off into other avenues of of being those psychopaths and um, like this showed, um, you know, that it was all to do with the how many hits he was getting on his. You know, on this podcast, really. Yep. <laughs> you know, and then, and so, but if you're taking that, the so basically, if I if I do these in future and I get a pendulum over each of the guests and go right, the more hits, the lower that'll get. <laughs> Just have a whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. right. Yeah. Come on, folks. Steve will get decapitated. Come on, give me more clicks, more comments. Nin 1998. You wouldn't have been able to make this film, or. <laughs> Perhaps you would have, but it would have been dial up, you know. Oh, yep. wait, I'm just going to dial up to get the hit, you know. And uh, the film would have been about four days long. <laughs> God, fuck. 
Oh, man, um, that, and the hundred pop-ups, um, even before antivirus hadn't really been perfected at that point, no. and you clicked on the wrong website, and, <laughs> and oh god, and then you had to, uh, the number of times I had to like wipe my hard drive, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and reinstall Windows just because uh, flipping the internet, uh, fun times, but yeah, because now I think we're over, like even on YouTube, if we're sitting here talking and we. Uh, or on Facebook, just by saying serial killer sends our bots in the overdrive. Yeah. Oh, they said the word killer. Uh, blah blah blah. And you're like, yeah. I think we've got too much of an anti state now, even from the you know supposedly private companies who are dictating yeah. speech because they're so terrified of whatever. Well, uh, even Facebook are like it though because. You know, I advertise my books on my uh, mm. Stephen Knight author page. Um, I got threatened the other day with closure of my uh, author page because um, I'm putting my books on there, which uh, show pictures on the front covers of killers. And it goes against their community standards. I see a number of times, like, as you know, anyone, any of you guys that have um, submitted material and if it's published, I put the you know the Facebook shop for the page. That's yeah. all your books on it. Yeah. The amount of times I've gotten trouble because just by uploading <laughs> your books yeah. from people of Sabamic, that's a book available for purchase. It's horror. The the clues in the name. Um yeah. give me a flag that says horror, you know, discretion advised. People should know if you're yeah. going to a horror page, that's the sort of material you're gonna get. And Facebook are just uh, but it's back to another point. The mainstream hate this franchise. Yeah, they despise it. Um, even calling this because this was advertised as a thriller, and that seems to be the get out of jail three card for someone who wants to make a horror movie but they want to stay in the good graces of the producers and studios. That yeah. seems to be your get out because this is if it's not horror. It's right there, you know. I mean, there's the kills are worthy of any slasher movie. Yeah, and in fact, yeah. the scene with the FBI agent flipping acid bath. God, that's yeah. that did oh. not shy away. No, you could you couldn't really call that a thriller material. No, this yeah. is you know, and this is where you delve into the once it gets graphic and once we actually go into the you know the detail. It's not all just cut away and a quick kill, and they find it afterwards. Um, that's horror. Yeah. That's where you're experiencing the pain of the victim. You're seeing it graphically. It's not. It's not shying away from it. That's that's when you've crossed the line in it. But to use this term thriller as a, a get out of jail free card, and yeah. it's back to they've brought up the fears here of oh she will have this bill, she will have that bill, she would censor this, she would stop people doing that, and. Now it seems to be they've gone too far the other direction where there's everything's about balance at the end of the day. You know, anyone with a bit of common sense, yeah, uh, will have balance. And those that act without common sense or dangerously get dealt with accordingly. But now you're more likely to get into trouble and the police come to your door, especially in the UK. We've we've become a totalitarian state. The police is more likely to come through your door, us having this conversation, saying the word serial killer than somebody getting stabbed out in the street. Yeah. They're more likely to get away with it than us, and it's weird. 
Yeah. And yeah. we're not saying, yeah, that's I know a joke at times about flipping doing things to people, but it's like I just want a quiet life, you know. Yeah. Um another word, what is it? Bomb, isn't it? <laughs> If you say bomb, yeah, especially if you have this accent during the eighties, <laughs> yeah. I have, I have been through the special gate many times at Heathrow, and all right, young yeah. sir. Okay. Yeah. Flip sake, right? What are you carrying? Who's your second uncle's cousin's brother? Blah blah blah. And you're like, what? Yeah. But it's um, this plays in fear. And fear is an interesting thing, what it makes people do. And we've seen over the last couple of years, even unfounded fear, but fear all the same, turns yeah. people into absolute idiots. Yeah. I think it's it's like political correctness because it's just gone over the top. Um, and the thing with serial killers and that, we've we've had so many cases over, over the, the past, um, you know, 30, 40 years um, that it's, it's and because they've been made into films mm -hmm. um, you know that were it's sort of primed the fear of oh is there really a, a, a serial killer like this you know is is there a um, you know um, like the guy in Hannibal Lecter mm -hmm. you know, they made it into a film oh my god well, is there one is there a a character like Animal Lecter, and then they they begin to worry, and then they think, oh well, we, we better put a warning. Oh, we can't have a horror film as an Oscar winner because you know it might upset a few people. Um, it's, 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 and and it's, we're getting more and more dictated to by people of a weak constitution, and it's getting ridiculous. Um, in in a minute, they're gonna try and tell you what you should and shouldn't watch, you know. And, and well, they're I mean, trying to they're trying to censor books, rewrite them, um, even digital. You know, uh, they're doing it on streaming services. They're editing movies. Yeah, and that's a slippery slope because once you get somebody in the start, that they don't know when to stop. It's a form of being a serial. It's a compulsion, um, and that's where the question is with this guy. Yes, he'll justify. Everything, you know, he's on a noble quest. But who else did he need to get on his list? Who was left out? Yeah. Because he effectively he, got everybody that was involved. Yeah. He, didn't he? Left, it left it open, didn't it? So we'll go into the main spoiler now. So the whole point of the movie was, why the killer came into being was, the guy's father shot himself yeah, but the guy's father didn't do it quietly. He did it publicly on a bridge. Yeah. Now it just was a circumstance. There was a helicopter pilot doing the news reading. Just yeah. happened to have been flying by, caught it on on tape. Yeah. Or like he's broadcasting the traffic. What he caught it on tape, which then started a whole sequence of events. The guy fell over on top of a diner, um, on top of the guy's car, whose yeah. house he used. Um, and he got the the reporter got really good ratings and made his yep. name. So the reporter was then dispatched. Um, so that's one, two. The guy that, uh, but that was it. That was everybody involved. Yeah. So he, um, 
the first the the cat was belonged to a guy in the burger joint whose roof yeah. he fell on because he sold his glasses on eBay yeah. or similar sites available obviously but you know he sold his uh the his father's glasses and got a lot of money so that justified him killing his cat as a test yeah um then he used the guy's house whose car he bounced and fell onto yeah he got the pilot the helicopter pilot yeah he got the reporter who else was there that was it so then he this is where i'm saying about the compulsion of a serial killer and why serial killer movies are not a moral message and this is where people just get bent out of shape and this is where stupidity i think sort of creeps in yeah um because people can't deal with the human monster what was that in horror movies the, the worst monster is human yeah and there's people can't embrace because they can't embrace their own darkness where as you know we've, we interact with creators and some of the nicest people on the planet happen to have, sorry, the darkest thoughts because it's about acknowledging and embracing it. And that's why I don't get as upset about things as, uh, you know, and it's more likely somebody frustrated and good living and righteous is the one likely to go off the rails than someone that talks about death all day. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's this is our catharsis. We, yeah. we delve into the darkness. So I'm expunged. I'm good. I've got it out of my system. Um, yeah. Somebody's given me a bad day, then they're in the next movie or the next story in my head, you know, that's it. <laughs> I, I transpose their face onto it and I get my catharsis, I'm good. Um, but yeah, we now know we're dealing with a serial killer because he then has to change the rules. Yeah, he's, he's finished what he originally came up to do yeah. and then he thought, hold on, these, these two guys are... Or, male and female are after me and they've nearly caught me but the ha if he had stopped if he had done everything he needed to and stopped and disappeared yeah it could have been away yeah um in a, but no, in had to... America, you can just disappear okay yeah it's <laughs> a massive unwieldy country um go to a go to the middle of you know an unknown town change yeah. your hairstyle just uh go about your business you know, yeah. I mean, there's, there's loads of it, you know, what I mean, um, but yeah, no, he had to we'll start off as a warning, then he, he just had to do it, he had to get the FBI officer, he had to get her, he couldn't leave it alone. So, yeah. after if he had succeeded, it would have been the detective next, yeah, it'd have been, and then if he got the detective, it'd have been someone else because that's the whole thing, they can't stop, they're compulsive. It's and they have to, yeah, and yeah. then they would admit to themselves that it's actually a thrill of the hunt now and the thrill of shocking people and getting them online. Mm. Um, and this would play, let's be honest, if this was to happen in reality, it would play out exactly as it did. Yeah, no if, buts, or maybe people are people. Yeah, they spend so much time pretending to be good, but when it comes down to it, then you know, I mean, we've seen the herd. The way they get on and the stampede over people, um, give them a chance to have an outlet for darkness and the, the jump at it for real. Yeah, but I, I think I'm just sick of being judged. Yeah, I, I know. Um, it's and like we said, soon people will be saying, um, you know, what sort of films do you watch? And if you say 
oh, I, I like horror. You know, they're going to say, oh, you're not allowed to watch horror anymore. Um, yep. I mean, if you think there's a nine o'clock um, on mainstream television in there. Yeah, Watershed, which is sensible. Um, you know, but I always say, well, if you don't like the, the program or the film, you don't have to watch it. There's mm -hmm. so many different TV channels these days, um, even on Freeview, you know. I mean, you've got Pluto TV, haven't you? And you... <laughs> There's tons <laughs> and, of stuff. Um... Yeah, and you don't have to watch it. Um, um, if you don't like horror movies, well, don't put them on. Um, you know, and all these people that are trying to say, oh, horror movies cause people to... And, and you know, games cause people to kill and things like this, and you think, no, they don't. Um, you know, it's always been there. It's it's before even the time when we never had, you know, horror films that depicted people actually being killed. In yeah, well, sure, Nosferatu's uh, yeah. over a hundred years old now. Yeah, still stands up. Because um, you you think of Hitchcock's Psycho. Yeah. You never actually saw him killing anyone. He no, no, it was all done off. Depicted. Yep. Um, you know, the, the, the knife going into the shower. Mm -hmm. uh, you, know, actually, you, you saw scars appearing, but you never actually saw the knife going in. Um, but, uh, and that movie's yeah. still watchable Yeah, enjoyable. You can pick yeah. that movie up and still put it on and still get the same thrill. Yeah. Um. Psycho 2, not so much. <laughs> or flippant, wasn't it? Was there three, a or third one? three or four, terrible. God, uh, yeah. I, I, I think I got as far as three, man. There was a weird thing with her falling down the stairs, wasn't that in three? Yeah. And it was like slow mo cam going, oh. and I'm like, oh dear, right, no, I'm out. <laughs> and then you had the one where he was on the radio station, and number four, wasn't it? And, oh, and, I can't remember that one. Oh, that was awful. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but that's but the yeah. thing. We can laugh about it because I'm not, you know what I mean? The only reason I'm going to go out and do something is somebody does something to me. Mm. That's it. Most of the time I'm trying to avoid people and just go about my life quietly, like most of us do. It's the ones that are so righteous and preachy and would look down their nose at this movie for a start and uh, other ones. They're the ones that actually, if they're riled into a mob, would go out and physically do it. That's the difference. Yeah. They're the ones who have the brick in their hand and go to throw it at someone. They're the ones that have the you know would pick up the knife because they mm -hmm. can't fight. You know, it's the people that claim I always find that the hypocrisy is just beautiful at times. With those, it's always the the, the good living, the righteous, the the just are the ones that do the evilest, gnarliest shit in the real world. Mm. Yeah. Oh, we've got another message. Yeah, horror movies do not cause people to kill. That logic. Pornography causes people to have sex. And I can these growing back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's oh, funny. <laughs> Pornography is saving me from having sex. So that way I don't have to get in trouble anymore for bad relationships. <laughs> I, I have fucking picked them over the years, so I just, I've just given up. Yeah, but that's um, that's always the same. The ones that preach the hardest, you have to look behind. They're the ones always hiding something in the closet. Yeah, they're the ones with the skeletons. Right. You know, it's the ones that um, 
you just don't know, do you? Because, um, you know, uh, I mean, we've only met on here. Yeah. But I, I could think, right, uh, you know, after this broadcast, right, who can I kill? <laughs> you know, I, I could be a mass murderer, you know. <laughs> Yeah, very poor. I wonder if you're, if you're like coming off on this channel. Like, and again, nobody watches, so we're all right. <laughs> we're safe. Um, yeah. yeah, but that's nobody knows anybody. But you can no. have a, you go with patterns and you go with trends. But if you if you tell anyone, if you tell some people, oh yeah, I'm really into horror films. Mm -hmm. They they give you this badge, don't they? They think, oh, you must be you must be, you know, really bad to watch horror films. Um, you know, must have a, a terrible mind. Um, I've had it with my books, you know, because my books mm -hmm. contain graphic. You got um, you got real. I remember, um, you got really panned because you featured Plymouth, and yeah, that's the worst thing ever. Even though every detective series. On TV, they're successful. Um, Taggart, for example, set in Gla Edinburgh. Was it Edinburgh? Yeah. The the city was a uh, focal point. Midsummer Murders. Um, yeah. yeah, I can't remember where, but I was set in Dorset or somewhere. You know, the, the location is as much a character yeah. as the uh, the people. Yeah, but yeah, people would slag you off because oh, you're 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 inferring our towns like this or what? It's like it's fucking fantasy. Get your head out of your arse you, and you, know you, the difference between reality and fantasy. Do you know who's pan me for it? He's an do, MP. All right. Oh well, there's a fucking upstanding man of the community. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's fucking righteousness right there. I still need to friggin' um. I need to get started on this. I've had this. Sorry, I've had this sitting here for ages. <laughs> I haven't even got started. I'm a terrible. Pro I've read all the ones on Kindle that I've got on Kindle, but I haven't um, got started on that one yet. <laughs> yeah, that's that's links in the I, description. I, I, bad stuff. Good author, honestly. Um, um, but uh, yeah, I do like that book. It's probably one of my sins of the father. Is a, is a, one of my yeah. Favorites. That's um, really enjoyed that one. Uh, that's the one starts off with a wee fella, uh, ends up in hospital, is that right? No, no, it's... hold on, that's the one with the snooker club, that's right. Yeah, since if I was a snooker club, right? Yep, drugs. Uh, I do read, I do read your stuff, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not lying, <laughs> like I said, I'm a bit thick and I have a bad memory, <laughs> just have to enjoy it sometimes. Oh, one of my favorite tricks is when I'm on the train, I'll leave mm. one of my books on the train. Or uh, on a plane, and I'll just leave it in the thing. And it's surprising how many sales I'll get after that little trick. That's good. <laughs> yeah, because people see it and then they say, "Oh, I've got this book left on the train," so so to speak. And then you know they'll they'll um, get it on their Kindle and everything. Oh yeah, you know, and then yeah, it works quite well. <laughs> but anyway, may try that. <laughs> yeah, untraceable. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, yeah, back to back to this point because this um, the movie plays upon this whole thing. People's fascination with true crime now and real life events. I'm not a funny enough. I love horror. The more graphic the descriptions, etc. Love it if it's done a good story. Mm 
Yeah. I have no interest in true crime. For some reason, because I get what I need or get my fixed enjoyment from fantasy, I don't yeah. need to know about it happening in real life. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. Where this is focusing on the sort of, and I, once again, I don't want to despise people, but I see them as ghouls. You know, it's very ghoulish to slaver over something that's actually happened. Mm. I don't know. I've just never got like uh, Americans, for example, are fascinated with serial killers. It's like the whole cults, and even when they were in, like, you've got people who will fanboy and fangirl over serial killers and write to them when they were in death row. I don't get that. Like, that is complete anathema to me. That's where the line is crossed. <clears throat> and the same people will be slagging us off for watching horror movies and fantasy and creating fantasy. But the very same people will be the ones writing to an actual serial killer, telling them how much they love them. Yeah. And, then, and will they marry them is another yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, does this movie accurately reflect that sort of, I don't know, ghoulishness? Of the, the, like, once again, people are still people. People went to executions when the Republic. It was entertainment on a Saturday afternoon. Like, the human, the human hasn't changed. Well, it depends how you see a ghoul. Um, you know, I think this one is edging on. Like you said, they, they see it as a thriller, horror thriller type of thing. Um, but I, I mean, think... the subject matter, the fact that people are naturally, I mean, they're showing real life killings. And the fact yeah. that that just draws people, you know, I mean, and the minute they find out, oh, these are actually happening, it's not a prank. Yeah. It almost guaranteed that millions would be coming in and it was going to, they were going to die anyway. There's no if, buts, or maybes. People were never going to stay away. But, like, but I know for a fact I wouldn't have no interest if this was happening in the real world. I'd be like, ah, fucking go nowhere near it. Yeah. The question that has to be asked, of course, is you know, A, has it happened? And is that where they picked up on the storyline? Because mm -hmm. a lot happens in America that you don't hear about. Um, you know, you hear about the shootings and everything, but because it's not that they make it out to be as if it's every day, but it's not. The reason it makes news. Is because it's not every day. Um, car crashes aren't on the news every yeah. day. But if you um, things do happen, um, and um, if you take um, the Killing Moon, um, one of the questions it brings up is, do you really know who your neighbour is? Mm -hmm. um, and um, I read uh, two books by a guy called Paul Britton, and he's the criminal psychologist mm -hmm. he's they call him the real life cracker and in this first book he he goes through all his police work and uh from his how he got into it because uh, he never had any qualifications to start and he goes through all his police cases how he worked on things like uh, rachel nickel and uh, james boger and all things like that and in his second book he goes through his private cases obviously he doesn't mention the names but there's there's one thing that he comes up and there's this guy who was uh, sexually abused by his stepfather and what he does is in his basement he's got a makeshift court set up and he goes out buying rabbits at pet shops and things and he tries these rabbits pretending yeah, we, I his stepfather and 
and electrocutes them. Yeah, that's that's the story we featured, remember? Was it? Yeah, we featured that one. I got banned from Pets at Home for that. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Put that one together. Well, yeah. but of course I didn't. Um, yeah, we we did that. We did the course. We, uh, we played that one out. And put in the... They could have put it in a, either a book or a film. So you've got a question, or is it just the mind of, of a brilliant writer that's come up with these specific deaths that weren't over the top, really? But once again, uh, um, compare someone like that who get, like I said, compare having the ideas, but it doesn't mean you act on them. In fact, by embracing that side of yourself, no, you you don't have any inclination because you're like you you delve into the gnarliness of it and uh like one of my stories is about a schizophrenic pedophilic clown yeah you know i've no desire to be a schizophrenic pedophilic clown and you know go to kids parties by day and bdsm clubs at night but i delved into that story that i wrote yeah and then i'm sorry to my system you know it's just i just put my try to put myself in the position of someone like that so tortured and uh Worn with themselves as much as um, what they experience outside, mm. but that's that's it. Once it's done, it's gone out of the system. Not even, you know, you don't need to revisit it. It's yeah. the ones I think don't have an outlet are the ones that are more likely to actually do something in the real world, and that's the difference. I'm just sick and tired of horror fans, horror creators being lumped in the same category as the morons who actually go out and cause pain and misery in the world and the people who are righteous cause more pain and misery they just they'll happily destroy somebody's life the yeah. cancel culture that when they get the scent of blood you know what i mean the, the mob starts burning his teeth and they're like oh got another victim the serial killer mentality you think about it they'll they're not even interested in how or why they cancel someone it's the thrill of the chase i've found someone i've found someone here 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 let's do it and it's the thrill of the hunt which we see getting played out in this movie because he's never going to stop. There'll always be another person on the list. Yeah. For your story while we're talking here. That's so I'm going through the videos. I'm going to show the link in a second. I think they as well. Untraceable wasn't over long. It was the no, right it was a good length, yep. And it was the ending was just um, right. With um, they didn't take it too fast, and they didn't, you know, take it too slow. Um, I always give the the um, analogy of uh, the third Lord of the Rings film when he um, you were just hoping that it would end and suddenly he's getting on the boat and <laughs> he's having another bash at leaving. So, mm -hmm. uh, um, uh, so yeah, it, it, it ended in, in correctly in, in good time and they didn't, it didn't overdo it and it didn't sort of just get it over and done with, so to speak. You know, the guy got shot. Um, what was rules of the game about? 
rules of the game is about yeah. um, uh, pedophile uh, teacher. Um, was that not the one? The was, court scene. He was in, because he got arrested. Yeah, it's a true story. Yeah, but it's um, I mean, it's blown up a bit. Um, but the the actual um, teacher in he was my school teacher um, in Plymouth, and um, forty years ago he committed uh, some terrible crimes, and um, um, four or five years ago, um, some of the pupils of the school and the Catholic Church where he worked um, were contacted by the police, and um, they said, "Oh, we've got him from forty years ago." <laughs> And um, you know we got to go to court, so to speak. Um, yeah, and that's where the that's where you um, that's the one with the, the the court scene with the rabbits. That's the one you wrote, yeah. was it? That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So I'm, I'll stick it in the chat here for everyone to check out. We uh, obviously the link for the purchase of the books in the the episode description. But yeah, we uh, if you want to check out some of Steve's dark thoughts, give that one a bash. It was a. <laughs> I was actually quite I actually pushed my limits in that one a bit when I was trying to create the sound effects in the scene. Yeah. Because I, I kind of got into the story and I'm like, oh god, okay, right. I, I have to do it right. I can't um can't just do this half hour throughout this comic and you lose a whole um, I, I, I change one of the names on that because um like I said, the, the guy who complained about me using Plymouth, and mm-hmm. um, I used this surname in in the book. And um, quite recently, I've been told I've got to change the surname, so it's currently uh, about to be uploaded with a different name. And it's like <coughs> you know, different name. <coughs> it's not this person, but it might be this person. Yeah, um, you know, but it's like films at the end. You know, they have they have a disclaimer. Well, my book's mm-hmm. got a disclaimer. You know, anyone that's like. What I tried to tell the police at, at the time of, um, it, you know, the, being reopened five years ago was there was more than him. You know, there was, there was a group of them. There was a group of paedophiles that were working, but they, because it was 40 years ago, it was all paper records. No one knew, no one could find out anything. And um, so um, in the book, I, I brought in these, the other three, but with different names and um, but with the same, um, you know, um, jobs that they did mm-hmm. have, um, you know, so, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, you covered us in another one of your books as well. Sorry, we're going off on a tangent here, but it wouldn't be that show if it didn't have tangents. A, a Dish Better of Code covered it because A Dish mm-hmm. Better of Code was um, it, based around my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, Hollywood style blown up. You know, I, I it was a lot of it was thought. Um, you know, um, a lot of it was true, but a lot of it was uh, what I would have liked to have happened. Um, so, a uh, dish best code did bring up the the child abuse in schools. So, um, but uh, yeah, but uh, because he was. Because um, in the um, rules of the game, he was actually convicted. That is his real name, Glyn Tonkis. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he can't sue me because everything about in there is, is 
As a matter of fact, matter of court record, I'm um, public domain. Well, up yours, Mr. Tonkis. <laughs> no, no, not up yours. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what he got in trouble for. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't get that. Um, I'm no fan of kids. Uh, I'm happy for them to go along, but I just don't get that mentality. To, to, uh, <laughs> that's off. Uh, let's see. Uh -huh. But um, but going back to that, you know, if people have got this idea, they must have got the idea from somewhere. Um, yeah, but I think that's the problem. I think I've brought up as one of the points here with this story. Um, people can't suspend disbelief. They can't. There's no play anymore, as in, you know, make-believe play. There's no acting or interacting anymore. Everything's so yeah. literal and true, which I think is unhealthy. It leaves the door open for people to want to express themselves in damaging ways. Mm. Where being able to... The fact that this story's out here, this movie, and people can watch it, and people can grimace at the you know the the imaginative ways people are killed. They don't yeah. need to go and explore it for themselves in real life. No, like, I, I'm a I, I'm a believer that this has the opposite effect of what people accuse it of. Yeah, but if you take the the acid bath scene, yeah, that has been done. That uh, there was a um, serial killer, and I forget his name. It was was it Ramirez, something like that. He actually used to dispose of his um, victims in an acid bath. But that's one of the oldest ways. Yeah, um, and so this 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 one was nothing new. Um, it's just the way he did it. You know, yeah. uh, it was like brought up to as much as using the internet to get the the hits, which made it. Um, you know, that was brought up to date from something you would have seen twenty years ago. Mm -hmm. um, the acid bath, even though it, it had happened, it was just brought, brought up to date. Yeah. Um, in and you know, um, so it's nothing new. Um, so why well, people have uh, always had a morbid curiosity as well, and yeah. people have always wanted to delve in the dark. That's what I'm saying about the whole um, true crime. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what we're always worried about. They're actually taking notes. Okay, so I need um, a ten-gallon tank. I need um, capacitor. I need six liters of sulfuric acid. But you, yeah, you know. But someone, if they're having to take notes from a movie, they're—I think—they're in trouble. Yeah, they're going to mess up. They're more likely going to do damage themselves. Um. But if someone's actually that determined, they're going to do it, whether the internet's here or not, whether horror movies are here or not, they're going to do it. Because guess what? Ever since we crawled out of caves and the first one picked up the club, we've done each other in. It's the human condition. Yeah. yeah right. Um, You see primates do it. Um, oh. Flipping chimpanzees will rip each other apart and eat each other. And, yeah. you know... Um... If you see a lot of the uh, the monkeys over in uh, Indonesia and, and everything, mm -hmm. Cambodia, uh, they climb trees with their babies and then chuck their babies off a tree, um, you know, sort of 10, 20 metres up, and, and just because the the father raped them 
and and the baby is like a, a different um sort of breed type of thing mm-hmm. so uh, um a macaque monkey could rape a um i don't know a baboon mm-hmm. so the baby comes out um you know with black hair instead of golden hair so the, the mother takes it up in the tree um smacks it around a bit and then chucks it down the tree cows cows yeah they um they will kick to death another uh cow's calf yeah because not theirs i'm sheep as well they're yeah. evil wee bastards yeah that's why they have to do the whole thing if they're trying to you know say the uh one's orphaned that they'll have to straight away cover it with the scent of a cow to make it you know uh the same smell so that it'll be accepted because if not it has to be hundred you know it's the animal kingdom's always been brutal we're no different is it no. this deniability of we're so different from the animal kingdom and this aloof species that makes people deny the actual darkness and then that's when it comes out it comes out in a more extreme measure Mm. Or in this the case of this movie, why people? Oh, there's a real killing! Ha ha! I'm going to get a thrill for once in my empty life, and that's why they'll flood to the website. Yeah. Did you know though, when the film was uh, made, the actual killwithme.com was an actual web address for the movie, or for the movie? And if you typed in killwithme.com, it redirected you to this, the studio's description of the film. Oh, cool. Well, that's, uh, that's, that's what I... Uh, they did it with um, Alien franchise, you know, the Yuland... Uh, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, Wayland, sorry, the Tommy uh, website, they, all, they had that legit website. Yeah. It's a corporate uh, entity, you know. It's, yeah, mm. clever marketing. Um, yeah. I think this was for the mainstream audience, though. This is definitely um, step too dark for them. I think. Yeah, I, th- I think that's probably why it wasn't a an overly well known movie, mm-hmm. um, because, and I think perhaps the title might have put some people off as well. Uh, untraceable. It's uh, very. It's actually a very generic but, title. Does does it? Yeah, but well, it gives nothing away for for the people who um, would just look at, you know, pick up a DVD in a DVD shop or something. They think untraceable. Oh, it's it's about someone who's missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, traceable, um, you know, or and, a spy thing. They probably would have thought it was a spy, spy thing, thing or something. Yeah, especially well, back well, then, because you know, in even though people don't have a concept of how networks. And servers and routers work, you know, don't have the basic, you know, people pick up a phone and that's how they get the internet. People, most people still don't have a PC, you know, it's just the way of the world. Uh, and they don't understand the mechanisms of how a network goes together or whatever else. So maybe a lot of stuff would have been just over their head or the idea of it. The watch as a movie would just be like, but I remember that movie Hackers. Hmm. No, I mean, that went over a lot of people's heads. They're like, oh, yeah, okay, it's a hack, and I don't yeah. get it. And then switch yeah. off. Yeah. Because um, M. Night Shyamalan. Shady Bum. He had the problem with um, Unbreakable. Mm-hmm. Um, and Because uh, he had the success with The Sixth Sense. 
and then he come in with Unbreakable, and he said he actually said in an interview, the reason why um, Unbreakable wasn't a, a big success like the Sixth Sense was, it came out at the wrong time, because the you know the technology was just sort of being introduced for um, for that sort of thing, and no one actually got the story until the second and third ones were. Mm -hmm. uh, I need to check out the sequels again. Um, it's been a while. It's um, well, the glass and um, based or something. Or like that. No, um, the third one's with um, oh, God, I need to, yeah, I need to check him out again. Um, he's such a weird director, yeah. His movies are all over the place, yeah. I know some are crap and some are quite yeah. good. We, we reviewed old, and yeah. God, that movie was terrible. Yes, his last one, um, the cabin. The knock at the cabin or something that, that no yeah. one has to watch that, it. That's quite an original good story. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's and you don't expect the ending. So, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, I just can't see how they could drag that out for a whole. Make a choice, air B, that in your family. All right, well, here's my family. See you. You know, yeah. I just don't get how they drag that whole thing out. Yeah, I just didn't make a premise of the story. Yeah, doesn't it, it doesn't interest me, you know? To me, it'd just be a lot of filler and dialogue and dad tribe. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh no, I I, I thought it was quite well put together that one. Oh, um, okay. Um, but I'm I'm not a great lover of M Night Shyamalan, and because a lot of his films are awful, and um, you know, after After Earth and um, oh, old, old, yeah, old, that's, that's old, old, mid. Uh, what was it? Mid-sized sedan. You're like, what? Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. You plank. Um. I think what's what's awful as well is he goes around thinking he's the world's best director. If you see him in interviews, um, all he keeps on about is the sixth sense. Oh yeah, it's the most grossing horror film, and and I'm the director, sort of thing. And uh, <laughs> like flipping resting in your laurels much. Yeah. And then you see, um, there's uh, Tarantino's um, currently in the works of his last movie. You know, that's him out, and there's someone who just loves the art, doesn't never cared. Yeah, he just, yeah, he doesn't care whether it's a hit or not. No, he just uh, wants to make a movie. Um, yeah, and he doesn't go on about it. He doesn't. You don't see him on, uh, you know, any shows. I've been like him going on about Pulp Fiction all the time. And he's yeah. he's left that movie behind, you know, with all the hits that he's done. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's what he'll be remembered for the most. But still, he doesn't harp on him or rest on his laurels. He's like, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was 20 ideas ago. I'm on this idea now. Yeah. yeah. But that's, that's, that's what I'm saying about Hollywood as well. It's just so uh, create. It's creatively bankrupt right now. Oh. And this, you've got the grifters. Once the grifters move in and they get a hold, Obviously, they know they're not getting anywhere with talent, so they they start gatekeeping, and then that's where all these excuses and terms and stuff. And if you don't say the right word, you can't be in the club. Um, it's like a civil service, you know, they, they put all these conditions to join because it's a big grift and a lot of talentless people. So that's why they come up with so much nonsense. <laughs> but it's like I was saying to you on the last thing is. Um, Cinema is a very funny thing with all the big studios, MGM and everything, because mm -hmm. 
you've now got the likes of Sky, Netflix, and Amazon Prime and Apple who are making movies. Um, you know, so they've taken the business and they've got some quite good actors. Oh, yeah, because um, the, an actor can make more going yeah. to a streaming service than wasting time on the big screen. Yeah. Um, you know, Tom Hanks, he, he did something on the uh, one of the streaming sites and, uh, mm -hmm. um, you know, quite a lot of them. Um, and uh, this is, I, I've always thought, is it going to be the death of cinema? Um, you know, it's, it's if you take Cine World, it's got yeah. shut thousands of bloody cinemas, didn't they? In the because of the uh, lockdown, yeah, um, just fucking killed everything. But then, um, there's my local, my local ones of Cine World, and um, ten of the movies are in Hindi, and there's maybe three Western movies, and yeah. none of them are horror. <laughs> I mean, they'll have ten Hindi movies, yeah, three Western. And it's all just mainstream. And me trying to get to watch a movie now on yeah. big screens is now impossible. I just give up. Yeah. Um, I used to get excited. every. I used to go practically every week to the cinema. Yeah. And there was always something. And I used yeah. to get excited for the weekend. It was my Friday night thing after work. Go pff, grab a bite to eat. Go watch a movie. Set up yeah. nicely for the weekend. Um, now I'd barely even look because it's, it's more of a Right, there's nothing for me. Oh, right, it's only at a flipping lunchtime on a Wednesday and a full moon. God, right, I give up. I'll wait for it to come out and streaming now. <laughs> that's that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. It's, it's, my son said to me, um, oh, why don't you join the Odeon? Um, they do a, you know, a all you can see card. Yeah. Uh, I said they do the same, but it's 14 a month. Uh, $14.99 a month then. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, I said, because they don't show any films I like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, they got, you know, a few screens down there and, and uh, they never seem to show any horror. Um, and that's the thing. All you need to do for that to get your money back is watch two films a month. Yeah. And it's now impossible to find two films a month that you want to watch. Yeah. Yeah. God, we talked about this with um, Midnight Metrian, like, and that was deliberate corporate sabotage because yeah. of internal politics that they only released it in 100 cinemas um, there's loads of stuff coming out last year I'm trying to review on the channel the same time as Cameron so we can sit down and talk about it and we can't get it over here we are shafted uh, in terms of getting like horror releases out we, um, what was one I watched? Black Friday with um, Bruce Campbell Yeah, I didn't get to see that the March and it came out in November for when Black Friday starts yeah no, I mean it was a seasonal movie. I didn't get to see it the flip of March, and I'm like, God, that's <laughs> that's not even remotely worth. You know, if you're trying to watch stuff in season and keep up to date, it's not even worth trying. We we actually watched Midnight Meat Train the other day when you said about it. Mm -hmm. um, didn't expect the ending, um, but uh, yeah, it's quite 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 original story again. You know, the photographer and everything, uh, mm -hmm. which um, is complete departure from the book. Yeah. Oh, I haven't read the book. Well, in the book, he's an accountant. Oh, right. <laughs> actually, hold on. This because I'm not getting the bus in the morning, so I'm still working my way through it. So Midnight Me Train's only like... Where are we? It's only a handful of pages. Do you know what I mean, normally with um, novels? You have to power it down to make a movie. 
Because you know, Psycho is only based on a short story, don't you? Yeah, Robert Block. Yeah, I've read. Uh, I used to have the books. Um, there it's about... there's, there's Midnight Me Train. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> yeah. Just so you know, Matt. Um... So you've done it Clive Barker, was it? Clive Barker, yeah. Uh... Oh, that's a good one. Yattering and Jack, but I haven't done a movie of it. Um... Mm. He's a he's a brilliant writer. Um, but Tom, it's this arrived today, so I'm just going off on tangents here. Yeah, we've reviewed the movie. That's yeah. coming up next month. Uh, we'll do it either mid-April or May. We'll do Nightbreed once again, based on the I've got the book as well. Again, mm. um, but yeah, he's uh, his movies seem to work, or his short stories seem to work brilliantly for movies. Mm, yeah, but to have the expand out the story, because <laughs> it's only that. Yeah, because I I actually um got on um uh, ebook. I thought, oh, Psycho's on there for for free. Mm-hmm. So I downloaded it and I thought well, it's only like fifty pages. <laughs> and I thought, oh, and then uh, I saw it on the thing based on the short story by Robert Block. Mm-hmm. And. It's not the if you, if you read the Psycho book, Two is actually longer because yeah. Psycho Two the book has Norman Bates in hospital, yeah, in the psychiatric uh, hospital, and the book goes between. It's been years since I've read it, but the book is quite thick. Um, yeah. Well, not say about the book's about that thick, yeah, right, and it's mainly um, Norman Bates in hospital. And then there's a detective trying to solve something else because he, they're trying to find I think some of his other victims, and then it just finishes him. Um, an incident happens in the hospital, and there's an open door, and Norman walks out the open door. <laughs> <laughs> and if I remember rightly, that was nothing like the movie. But the the cycle book is not actually well written. It's 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 um it's quite um primitive really, hmm. um and um. I mean, you you know how Hitchcock nearly never got it made because none of the studios wanted to know, did they? But um, but uh, yeah, the, the book is quite. It, it would be like a a sort of um, sort of sixth grader writing a um, a story, you know. But that's all right because um, most most scripts, you know, aren't that really intelligent. Let's be honest. Uh, yeah. A lot of stuff out there. So you can have the bare bones of a good story to make individuals. And if you've got a, a decent screenwriter and a director that can take that idea, yeah. like somebody could take my shitty writing and make it into something decent, I'm sure, with a bit yeah. of hammering, ding, 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 you know, and take it out of my rough edges. I just don't do it anywhere near enough. But um, yeah, it's that's why I don't understand why they don't do remakes of like bad material. And why they always try to hammer the previous successful stuff into the ground. There's maybe stuff that misses opportunity or shot, but it can be made into something gripping. And just yeah. use if there's a good idea there, use it. Yeah, it mightn't be um well executed, but bloody hell, why why not? If it's a good if somebody has a good concept, yeah, they mightn't be a fantastic writer, but if they've got an imagination and they've managed to put the bare bones or something, well why not? If you can make use of that and they're gripping story, yeah, 
Because in the end, Psycho was a classic. Still yeah. is. But they shouldn't have remade it. <laughs> no, well, that's that's Hollywood. Sure, they're not going to remake the Fly again. Hmm. Why? That's... Well, they've done it twice because there was a, a, a the nineteen fifty four. Um, was yeah. nineteen fifty four? Something like that. that. That was a Hitchcock. Was that a Hitchcock movie? No. Don't say. I was. was. Why say I always associate the, the original Fly with Hitchcock? No. No, but uh, I remember I watched it in black and white. Um, it was like a mm. colony of flies. It was more like a cult than the the eighties Jeff Goldblum version. You know, um, yeah. one of his best roles, actually. Yeah, yeah. I thought he played it very well. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, but um, <clears throat> but the Brundle fly now would be hundred percent CGI. It would yeah, it make would. it look cheap and gimmicky <clears throat> and yeah. Uh, they wouldn't pull it off. <clears throat> Just going on CGI and the lack of it. If you think, don't know if you've ever seen the making of an American Werewolf in London. I have, but it's been years. Um, Rick Baker. Whole transformation scene. Yeah, when he he had to hold his hand up like that, and they had to had to build bits on. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, it was almost stop motion. <clears throat> yeah, that's right. And because it was Rick. Rick Baker, wasn't it, who did a uh, lot for the Star Wars? I movie. can't yeah. remember. Yeah. But, uh, but if, going back to Untraceable, yeah. I think the thing with it is because it's not that well known, you never get it remade. Um, you know, the, not need a remake whatsoever. Uh, this is still watchable. Yeah. And enjoy. In fact, the effects as well. You know, you look at a lot of effects in movies and they're dated. These are on point. Yeah. And they'll, they'll, they'll be on point for a long time, I think. Yeah, it's yeah. basically... Um, yeah, even the the lamp scene. Mm. Um, the way they did... And like I said, the practicality, because he uses cement to hold them in place, it was all... You could yeah. imagine somebody doing it. And even when he cleared away afterwards, there was the evidence it wasn't just pristine clean, which a lot yeah. of... These type of movies fall, you know, they fall in the trap off. They forget that they have to, you know, there has to be evidence behind. There has to mm. be grounded in reality. Um, the way they did that was, you know, I was immersed, and I watched mm. it twice. You know, and I watched it last night. And I watched it just before we come on, just to um, keep it fresh in my head. Um, I still enjoyed it the second time again. <clears throat> That was something good as well with the the continuity in the film, when he put the body in the boot of the car, mm -hmm. when the, the camera was on top of the car filming the house. Yeah, uh, one of the bodies that he, uh, you know, uh, killed was in the boot of the car. So uh, when they opened yep, the because he'd done that the first time because it was yeah. linked to the guy who was proposed. Um, saying that basically everything was allowed on the internet there should be no censorship whatsoever and he was yeah. putting that on to make a point of well let's test your theory you know he's trying to make a case but once again he's a serial killer serial killer will do anything to justify their actions because it's compulsion um yeah. and then obviously <laughs> he had to repeat so not just send the warning that i know where you live mm. but then putting the body to bring it right to her doorstep mm. the shaker off the case um but also as well to show that he's no fear of even the FBI coming after him. He's like, I'll go right to your doorstep. Mm. Uh, yeah. 
yeah, uh, it was well done. It wasn't like even though he used the same technique, it was well well executed. Yeah, and I, <clears throat> I, forgot, I forgot to put her name down, but the the actress that plays Jennifer Marsh, you mm. could believe that she was an FBI agent and a mother, and yeah. faced with us coming to her door, you could believe it because it wasn't overhand, it wasn't overacted, and yeah, she, the fact she, that she played the bit. Yep, and she lost her composure for a second by knocking the camera over. Yeah. Because yeah. even the police man said, that's evidence. It's like, oh, I know, I know. Um, you know, and you could just tell, she was, she managed to play being visibly shaken. But with training, she wasn't civilian freaking out. She was a trained officer mm. who was visibly shaken by coming to her front door. Because um, I, I think that's always a dawn written rule in the whole criminals and police that you start coming to police officers' doors are involved in their families, then it scrubs off. There's yeah. a lot of tolerance for crime as long as that line... Um, and even where I grew up, um, there was a thing about not coming to people's doors because the minute you started doing that, then you opened... You know what I mean? It was... Once the gloves are off, that's it. And mm. there was all that... Always that kind of statement, <laughs> right? Yes, your name's on one of my lists, but I know my name's on one of your lists sort of thing. Yeah. And there's a wee bit of that, you know, these rules being broken, and that's what then galvanizes them to, you know, go harder. Mm. Yeah. Um, that was an interesting thing I wanted to bring up. Um, the love interest between Marsh and Dowd. It really is refreshing to see a relationship blossoming, but in not the typical Hollywood fashion of the meet once. They get their kid off, jump on each other's bones, and then instantly, you know, it's just the love interest for the sake of it, and yeah. no build up. And <clears throat> we know that she's a widowed mother as well. It, it showed on the um, when when he actually got killed. Um, it sort of showed that there was a um, no, 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 not um, uh, I, forgot, I forgot to put his name. No, that's that's the other one. No doubt, the police detective. Oh, the police detective. That he yeah, tried to set her up with. Remember, he invited him uh, to the birthday yeah. party, and he kind of like, "Oh, what the hell am I doing here?" And then you see those two yeah. are starting to build a connection. Dowd was the one who was the. Um, he was the MIPD one. Yeah, no, one, though, no, Dowd wasn't the young one. Um, yeah, D Griffin Dowd was the one who got in the acid tank. Oh right, sorry, I'm mixing them up. Sorry, you're thinking of. Um, sorry, Eric, I... Detective Eric Box. Oh, Eric. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, Billy Burke's character, yeah. sorry. Um because um sorry, that was my stupidity. Um Jennifer no, no, there was no romance. That was like a brother sister relationship. Sorry, between yeah. yeah, but um what I'm saying is when he died, you could see there was that um sort of brother sister type of relationship. Yeah, yeah absolutely close, you know. People have um, been in the thick of it together and they, they set that up really well, their working relationship that they're once again this couldn't be done today because she would have to be a girl boss and he would have to be completely subservient where you see two partners bouncing off each other yeah, and relying on each other, a, a strong bond of uh, kinship, you know, mm. brothers in arms, you know, it's that cold brothers in arms kinship, which yeah. um, woke Hollywood doesn't like these days. No, but the, uh, the relationship between the detective, Billy Burke, uh, Eric, and uh, her, it wasn't overdone. You know, he st he stayed in the motel room, didn't he? 
Um, yeah, and that's that. That was the point that I made up too. That could easily have been a cheesy sex scene. Yeah, where <clears> I would have <throat> destroyed the whole credibility of the movie. But the fact yeah. that he lay on top of the covers with his clothes on and said, you know, was respectful. He yeah. went to the academy with her husband, but he'd never met her. Yeah, and he was at the funeral, but they'd never met, and that there was a you know the bond of kinship there. But at the same time, it was done respectfully because he didn't want to cross any bound. It was all unspoken. Not, I think that's the point I'm trying mm. to make. There's a lot of unspoken acting here. Yeah. And that's when you know you've got quality. Yeah. Where I don't think the big Hollywood stars always get it right. They're no. hitting you over the head with a hammer. <laughs> they they like the old um, sort of sexual scenes, don't they? Because that's all they have. They're just, let's yeah. be honest, they're meat puppets. <laughs> you know, the <Yeah>. do-you-roids. <laughs> yeah. And their bodies yeah. are the only thing that the... Because there's no... Um, like they're not really engaging. There's very few actual actors. There's Michael Caine turned ninety there, not so long ago. He's yeah. he's not long for this earth. Um, you know, we're we're starting to lose genuine flip sailors. Uh, I know another tangent, but we've fucking lost Paul Grady. Um, day before yesterday. Yeah, there's yeah. one of the last genuine entertainers. Oh, we don't have we've shit stars now. We don't have entertainers. It was just funny, you know. You know when this um, dog programs on. Oh yeah, um, love dogs. My dog would sit in front of the television and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. She she loved that program, but um, but there there's um, but don't seem to have entertainment anymore. We'll have no people that give you know voice opinions, not even their own, just the the current thing. Um, they've no genuine love for the art. No, I think that's why I enjoy this movie because it's uh, they're seeing they're not A-listers, but they're genuine actors with talent who are genuinely yeah. telling us a story. Yeah, and uh, and they are good, mm -hmm. they are good actors, um, you know. But uh, yeah, no, um, I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed the film, yep. and it, it's it's one of those that I'd pick up and say, yeah, I'm going to watch that again, you know, one night, um, um, you know, and. Uh, it would be in my list of ones that, well, got nothing to watch tonight. Oh, no, I'll watch Untraceable yeah. again. Take it on again. Um, um, yeah. I watched it twice, you know, in space of two nights and didn't, <clears throat> I wasn't bored the second time. No, no. I was glad to get the certain, you know, that's a kind of skipped over the first time. I'm like watching the second time. Oh, right. Okay. Need to pay a wee bit more attention this time around. And, and the, the uh, only mistake I can find out, you know what I'm like with my mistakes, mm -hmm. the only mistake I could see was when the little girl was looking out the window towards the car that had the camera on, in the corner you can see some of the, the crew in the window <laughs> reflection. <laughs> the only mistake I could pick up on. Um, you should do a segment. I, I should on mistakes. <laughs> yeah, you should do, get a, start clipping you know, and do, do a wee segment. Um, Steve's um, mistake. Uh, my um, my family used to hate me. Your page, not, honestly, a wee bit, um, just a wee bit of fun. Yeah, Stop my family. Do a wee bit of a blog. I'd watch a film with them, and I go, "The Fugitive." If you watch The Fugitive, when the um, are you talking to Harrison Ford or the yeah, Harrison Ford when he's walking through the train tunnel to try and get away? Mm -hmm. The um, there's a like a, a train trailer with the the boom mic behind it. <laughs> now you didn't see it in the cinema, but because of the things with Blu-ray and everything, it picks it up. 
Yeah. But uh, yeah, you actually see the, it's, it's like one of those, um, you know, those old um, things where they used to go like that. Oh yeah. The, 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 they're those not old, they're still about. <laughs> well, it's, it's one of them and it's got yeah, like, still used, the, the camera and the boot. You just see the, the front of the, the actual mm. trailer thing with a little mic on following him. <laughs> and then of course, when I watch it, I look at that. You know, <laughs> that's not part of the film. Um, it was funny that Tommy Lee Jones got the sequel to that movie and not Harrison Ford. Yeah, because <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones outacted him. That was um, that was hilarious. Yeah, there's there's a good actor that um, uh, he's one of the last well, of a generation of entertainers. But yeah, Tommy Lee Jones. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and uh, there's a genuine entertainer, but um. We must be due to lose a lot of actors and pop stars um, soon. <laughs> I'm starting to say, but uh, you know, a, a lot of them are, um, you know, when they're coming up for their 80s, isn't they? And, I I can uh, point to a number of marriage certificates that count as my mistake. So, she also points to our marriage. Oh. Yeah, it's uh, fun, but then again, it's if um, and that's why there's always forgiveness with independent creation because if multi-million-dollar studios can make mistakes and not get it right, or not be on point, and the yeah. resources they have, how the hell do you expect? Because I've obviously I talk to independent directors as well as writers and all sorts in this channel. Um, yeah. How the hell can you expect a a one-stop shop who's relying on a lot of friends and family giving up their time for free they're not necessarily professionals to make a you know make a movie for the love of making it um yeah people are very downtrodden especially independent horror movies that they're very um yeah oh blah 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 this isn't the latest and the summer i was like it's never gonna be Mm. but if the hearts are um flipping you know and telling a good story what the hell just Get off your soapbox or go out yourself and make something better. Yeah, yeah. I, I hate people that don't have a creative bone in their body or always biggest critics. And it's like, really? Let's see what you do. Yeah. I think it, it, it's like my, my old boss when I was with Raw Mail. Um, I, I used to run a charity running team in Raw Mail. We, we never used to win anything, mm-hmm. just used to raise money for local charities. And then um, my boss said to me one day, um, oh, so what did you run the uh, the half marathon in? I says, oh, uh, 142. You're in. I says, yeah. I says, but it was 142 faster than you, wasn't it? <laughs> I says, because you didn't run it. You know, and uh, it's, it's the same with people who make horror films, isn't it? You know, <laughs> they made that horror film. They might, it might be full of mistakes, but, but you know, it's, it's still a better horror film than you made because you have made one. Yeah. <laughs> um but uh even down as far as like um films like Schindler's List. Now at the very end of the film you see um Liam Neeson stand up as Oscar Schindler and he says to the Germans, uh, I know you've got the um you know command to shoot all the um people in this camp, or you can uh, stand up and leave his men. So they start leaving. Um, and you see sort of nearly the last one go out 
and then it pans back to the Jews, and then it pans back to the Germans, and they're still going out, <laughs> and they're mm -hmm. already gone. <laughs> it's like, oh bloody hell, you know, that was a, a an editing problem there, but um, you know, <laughs> nah, it's just getting worse now because um, it, it's just it a machine now. Yeah, it happens, you know, and and I do it for a laugh. I don't, you know, I'm, that's it. It's not like um. You know when there's there's a difference between being constructively critical and just nasty, yeah, and spiteful and usually nastiness. If you're being nasty about things that our people created, it's usually out of a a place of jealousy. Yeah, and once again, to bring it back to this movie, it's those that don't experience, uh, no, don't exercise their dark side, or don't embrace that side of their persona, or acknowledge it's even there. They're the ones that flock. They're the ones that effectively kill these um, victims. They're the ones that will do it again. They're the ones that if there's a mob out in the street, they're the ones that will be throwing the bricks. Because mm. that's the only, and otherwise empty existence, that's the only thrill to get. And if it presents itself, they're the ones that go crazy. Where the rest of us that, you know, you might think it's unhealthy to be talking about horror movies every other night, but... <laughs> I'm I'm all right, you know. I have no inclination to go out in the real world. I'll vent about it. I'll think of imaginative ways, but that's it. Gone yeah. out of the system. Happy. I'm sure same for yourself. No, yeah. It's. I mean, if it's your hobby, <clears throat> you know, to like horror films and to talk about them, like you do these podcasts, you know, it's just like somebody's hobby to do the knitting really and you know you might get this is knitting you don't say oh, you know knitting you're gonna kill people you've got sharp needles you might do yeah, something yeah. yeah um but uh yeah <laughs> there you go that's um i suppose the final thing was was 2008's wi-fi that good first treatment <laughs> yeah this guy's effectively streaming like, a broadcast i've known the trouble yeah. having this channel I don't think we had super fast broadband, did we? You know, the, didn't exist. Sure, it was um, what was it? ID, uh, uh, IBSN. Yeah. Cable. Cable. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, it was an IBSN cable. If I, I probably got the acronym wrong, but that was the but, next thing up from dial-up. A broadband hadn't really caught on. Hadn't. <laughs> on well, they didn't have a network for it because it was um, uh, cable tail. Yeah. Was the first in the UK anyway, to bring out fiber optic. Hmm? Was it different in America? Um, they're usually a bit ahead of us, aren't they? A bit, but then it's come come the other way. We've actually le leapt ahead of America because our broadband's terrible. We've uh, so at the beginning, yeah, um, like their dial up it used to cost us a fortune. Remember, it was like a penny a minute or something. Yeah, and then they were getting it for the the block price, so that was different. Um. They got broadband slightly ahead of us. We had the better, we took time to put in the better network. Yeah. So it swings and roundabouts with that. But even then, up to up in 20. Yeah, because I remember it was, you still had the dongles, the the mobile oh, companies used to do them. Yeah. You had the USB stick went on the computer if you wanted wireless. Yeah. And that used to cost a fortune. And the, what do you call it? The coverage in them was awful. Yeah. So the pure fantasy of being able to run a live stream like he did with a chat. <laughs> he couldn't have done it in my village. It no. couldn't have been based in my village because the maximum we can get is 13. <laughs> Flip. Yeah, it's 13 meg. So. 
there you go. I think we'll wrap it up there because we're we go yeah. off about another ten tangents here. But um, <laughs> I think we've I think we've definitely covered the movie anyway. In there. Uh, yeah. Uh, as I said in conclusion, I thought that I thought it was brilliant. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was uh, one of the better ones I've seen, and um, you know, for a, it wasn't a B movie, but you know. It's just a medium budget. We used to have them. Not everything was blockbuster, million dollar thing. You know, you were allowed. Um, yeah, for what, for what it was, uh, and I'd recommend, you know, um, anyone pick it up and watch it. Yeah, um, I, I class this as a hidden gem. Yeah, definitely yeah. A hidden gem. It's Very worth good. checking out and watching. Yeah, and, and if you do, make sure to leave comments and let us know what you think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think Chris is away. He's, he said cheerio there, so uh, yeah, thanks. But <laughs> yeah, it's going to keep Chris company. Chris is a Chris is an absolute legend. Um, yeah. And we're uh, hopefully all going well. We're playing Call of Cthulhu again this Tuesday. We're running through the actual adventure, so uh, okay. that'll be fun. All right, mate. Well, nice to see you. Indeed, and thanks everyone for tuning in. Um, keep up with the other channel. Do the Teddy Clicky things. Before you go, is one of my jokes. Um, I've lost my Gone in 60 Seconds DVD. It was a year a minute ago. Oh. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> right. Oh, no, I, folks. I, right, I, everyone, keep it creepy. Keep it horrific. <laughs>